We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Following the bombing in Istanbul's busy Istiklal Street that killed six on Sunday, the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK, said it had nothing to do with the attack, despite Turkey's accusations. The Syrian Democratic Forces, STF, also vehemently deny Kurdish involvement. A media ban was temporarily imposed by Turkish authorities after the incident. Furtherly, when a top Turkish official visited the site of the bombing, he rejected condolences sent by the US, hitting out at the diplomatic allies. In other news, a major women's congress hosted in Diyarbakir, Turkey, sought to address the rising violence against Kurdish women under the Turkish state's special war policy. Learn more in our daily review. Following Sunday's attack in a busy street in Istanbul that killed six civilians, the People's Defence Centre of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, has released a statement strongly rejecting the Turkish government's accusations of their involvement. The PKK states that it had nothing to do with the attack. The PKK headquarters shared a public statement in response to allegations that the perpetrator of the Istanbul blast is affiliated with Kurdish forces, saying that they had nothing to do with the incident, reported ANF. The statement is as follows. First of all, we extend our condolences to the relatives of those who lost their lives in the explosion in Istanbul on the 13th of November and wish recovery to the injured. Our people and the democratic public are very aware that we are unconnected to this incident, that we do not directly target civilians and that we do not accept actions targeting civilians. We are a movement conducting a just and legitimate struggle for freedom. We act with a perspective that aims to create a common, democratic, free and equal future with Turkish society. In this respect, there is no question of us targeting civilians in any way in Turkey. It is a clear fact that the Turkish coalition regime is under pressure in the face of our developing legitimate struggle. It seems that they intend to put a new undercover plan into effect aimed at completely changing the political agenda in their favour. After the exposure of the Turkish army's use of chemical weapons in South Kurdistan, northern Iraq, 
and the publication of a video of them burning the bodies of their own soldiers. The fact that they have also specifically indicated that Kobani is a target after this incident, having stated that the bomber came from Kobani in northern Syria, reveals the direction of their plans. From this perspective, although it's claimed that the incident is a dark one and that the agents used in the incident were Kurdish or Syrian, the outcome is clear. It is obvious that this explosion indicates the beginning of a subversive plan. In this regard, it is important that all the forces of democracy and the public in Turkey see the corrupt process that they are trying to develop and fight to decipher this incident. Maslum Abdi, commander-in-chief of the Syrian Democratic Forces, or SDF, has rejected the allegations by the Turkish state accusing Kurdish forces of the bombing in Istanbul on the 13th of November, confirming that the SDF had nothing to do with the explosion. Abdi's tweet came out at the same time as a statement from the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, also denying all allegations accusing Kurdish forces. We affirm that our forces have nothing to do with the Istanbul bombing and we reject the allegations accusing our forces of this. We express our sincere condolences to the families of the missing and to the Turkish people and we wish a speedy recovery to the injured, said Abdi. A source from SDF's management told North Press that moreover the accusations were baseless as everyone knows the military formation and the mission of the SDF forces is limited to fighting terrorism and protecting Syrian areas. When Turkish Interior Minister Suleyman Soylu went to the scene of the explosion to commemorate the victims, he said that pieces of evidence showed that the PKK and the People's Protection Unit, the YPG of Syria, were behind the attack, reported the Turkish state-run Anadolu news agency. Soylu claimed the following. Our assessment is that the order for the deadly terror attack came from Ain al-Arab, Bani, in northern Syria, where the PKK, YPG, has its Syrian headquarters. The PKK and the SDF have stated that there was no Kurdish involvement in the attack and offer their condolences to the victims' families. Following the explosion in Istanbul on the 13th of November, the Turkish radio and television Supreme Council announced a reporting ban on the topic. According to the real-time London Netblocks, which monitors internet freedom, the Turkish media Supreme Council and the court placed restrictions on social media and communication platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and some Telegram servers from Sunday afternoon until the morning of Monday the 14th of November. As Turkey states that the ban is to avoid broadcasts that may create fear, panic and turmoil in society and may serve the purposes of terrorist organisations, Netblocks pointed out that Turkey has a long-standing policy of restricting access to social media platforms following explosions, political incidents and terror attacks. Meanwhile, the recent approved disinformation law, under which created anxiety, fear and panic among the public, will face a one- to three-year prison sentence has enabled further efforts by Turkey's government to control the country's press. Netblock's founder Alp Toka tweeted, Turkey should end its policy of social media blackouts and platforms should carefully moderate during crises. Kerem Altipamak, a legal expert on human rights, said, The whole world is talking about the explosion right now, except for Turkey, because we had a broadcast ban, a communications block. If this isn't enough, 
criminal investigations are being initiated against writers and illustrators. The whole world may write about Turkey, but the citizens of the Republic of Turkey may not write about it or hear about what is written. Many social media users in Turkey have activated VPN services in order to access social media platforms. At least six people died and 81 were injured in the explosion that took place on Istiklal Avenue in the centre of Turkey's largest city, Istanbul, on Sunday. Turkish Interior Minister Suleyman Soylu rejected the condolences of the American embassy when he spoke to media outlets during his visit to the scene of Sunday's explosion in Istanbul, reported Turkey's state-run Anadolu agency. The US embassy in Turkey tweeted yesterday extending its condolences to the families of those who were killed in the explosion in central Istanbul. On the 14th of November, Soylu visited the scene of the explosion and said that Turkey had received the message. I emphasize it again. We do not accept the American embassy's condolences. We reject them. Our alliance with a state that sends money from its own senates to feed Kobani and terrorist areas and tries to disturb Turkey's peace should, of course, be discussed, said Soylu. Whoever is feeding the PYD, the Democratic Union Party in North Syria, whoever is trying to provide internal intelligence to the PKK, the Kurdistan Workers' Party, is the perpetrator added Soylu. Stating that the perpetrator came from Kobani to Turkey, Suleyman Soylu said that Turkey will continue its military operations. Ferahatin Altun, Turkey's director of communications, tweeted, Terror attacks against our civilians are direct and indirect consequences of some countries' support for terror groups. At least six people died and 81 were injured in an explosion on a busy street in Turkey's Istanbul on Sunday. A far-right politician tweeted that lawyer Gian Tosun was responsible for the blast in Istanbul at the weekend, causing her and her family to receive death threats, although she was with clients in another part of the city at the time of the blast. Ahmet Tashkoya, Vice President of Turkey's Victory Party, blamed Gian Tosun, a lawyer, human rights activist and a member of the Human Rights Association, for the explosion in Istanbul that caused six deaths on the 13th of November, reported Bayonet. Gian Tosun, the daughter of Femi Tosun, who was disappeared in custody in 1995, was detained yesterday based on accusations made against her on social media after the explosion in Istanbul. Toshkoya's tweet targeted Tosun directly, saying, The person who carried out the treacherous attack is a PKK, a Kurdistan Workers' Party, lawyer by the name of Gian Tosun. However, it seems that at the time of the explosion, Gian Tosun was meeting with clients in another district of Istanbul altogether. Although Turkish police released Tosun after taking her statement and Ahmet Toshkoya deleted his tweet, she continued to receive death threats over social media after other users reshared the information on Twitter. Meanwhile, Erin Keskin, co-chair of the Turkish Human Rights Association, also received death threats following the explosion in Istanbul, reported Jin News. The association's branches in Istanbul, Mersin, Diyarbakir and other cities made a public statement regarding the threats against female activists. Keskin demanded protection against the threats, saying... This is a state operation. This is a police operation. The Ministry of Justice is responsible for this. 
they have to ensure our safety. The 25th Congress of Women's Refuges and Solidarity Centres was hosted in Diyarbakir, Turkey from the 12th to 14th of November. Over 300 women, from academics to activists, joined the Congress to discuss subjects including the family, sexual violence, crimes against children and women and children's access to justice services. A key item on the agenda was the special war policy employed by the Turkish state that aggravates uniformed violence in Kurdistan by allowing a policy of impunity towards uniformed officers who commit violence against women. While analysing the policy, Kadrin Zamani, association member and lawyer Ekrin Baltash, stressed the importance of a unified resistance against violence against Kurdish women. The arrests on the 8th of March, Women's Day, indicate there is no question of addressing women's issues, the lawyer said. We see how men, little representatives of the state, remain unpunished. When state officials personally rape and torture women, even cause suicides, the state rewards them directly with impunity. Baltash evaluated the policy of impunity for men who commit violence against women as a reflection of the identity of the state. She added that, while in the west of Turkey perpetrators are mostly men, in Kurdistan they are mostly uniformed representatives of the state. The state is saying, we see violence against women as legitimate and will pursue it with all our means at our disposal. The people implementing this are carrying out our orders, so we will not punish these people. The lawyer said the struggle against uniformed violence must be unified. We are not oppressed just for being women or just for being Kurds. We are being oppressed for both being Kurds and for being women. As a result, it is important to emphasize that this is both a women's struggle and a national struggle.